Pinterest wants things done in a certain way. So whether it's pinning the peak times, having a fundamental of SEO in place, like treating it like a search engine rather than a social media platform, like use that to your advantage rather than looking for hacks and shortcuts around the, the principles and the fundamental of the platform in the first place. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best AI repricer for Amazon profits. Private label sellers, are you wasting your cash? Eva reprices your products for you, and the result is up to 50% more profits. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers in the USA and is now out for British and European sellers as well. For a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Ladles and jelly spoons, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven, and eight-figure Amazon sellers, and increasingly those who are e-commerce sellers focused on Amazon, but with traffic from lots of different places. We are talking today from, uh, with Craig Lewis from Pin and Grow. Craig basically does one thing and does it really well, which I think is very smart, by the way, and that is uh, Pinterest for e-commerce operators. So we're going to talk today about the mistakes we'll all be making and how to do better instead. So first of all, Craig, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, inviting me on. <clears throat> and Pleasure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing the stuff that we've discovered that seem to be a mistakes that a lot of e-commerce owners in particular seem to be making. And I also think some of these mistakes are the reasons why Pinterest has gone unnoticed for, mm-hmm. the, for the majority of the e-commerce space. So hopefully we can talk about that too. Perfect. Yeah, I know my um, podcast uh, co-host Jason Miles in our what twice weekly show, the e-commerce leader now has a Shopify site, and he and his wife get crazy traffic from Pinterest, and they have for years. So I know yeah. personally how incredibly powerful it can be. But yes, a, a lot of the time people are obsessed with TikTok now for some reason. Even though I've not seen a single case study yet, I'm sure there's one out there. And if you've got one, please, if you're listening live and you know this, or post live on one of the socials, pop in in the comments. I'd love to talk to you. But I've never heard of one, whereas everyone's talking about TikTok all the time because it's it's recent. It's the recency thing, isn't it? So you're right. It's a neglected channel. But I personally know of, of Jason's one great case study of Pinterest absolutely nailing it for e-commerce. So let's go through this then. We're talking about the mistakes people are making. And I suppose avoiding mistakes and doing the opposite is one way to really do well. So tell us about the first mistake. What is it that people are doing on Pinterest that is wrong? Yeah, so I guess like when, when I think when I came up with this list originally, these are the like the top 10. There's actually a lot more that most people seem to do, but I think these are the big hitters that most people seem to be doing. So I think if we, I think starting with the most obvious one first, which is, and I think this is a reason why when another platform pops up like TikTok, everyone leaps on that and still neglects Pinterest. And a lot of people, and, and maybe the census is shifting, but there's a big majority of people that think uh, Pinterest is a social media platform. And because I don't know why this is, maybe it was part of like Pinterest marketing over the last couple of years. Maybe the messaging for themselves wasn't like correct and spot on. But what comes with 
the mindset of a social media platform is you focus on the, the wrong things. So for a social media platform, you're looking for engagement in terms of likes and comments and hearts and all of that stuff is available on Pinterest. But if you focus on that, you're literally neglecting the fundamental of what Pinterest is and Pinterest is a visual search engine. So if it's a search engine, then take steps in line with the search engine. So go and find out what people are looking for on Pinterest that align with your brand, align with your products, and then use that in favor, um, of your product and brand, instead of just posting a pretty image that you've, or, or, or just to capture someone's attention, just for the sake of engagement, when the, the, the better approach is to essentially use the SEO algorithm and use that in favor and then just play that game instead of the, the social media game because that's what it's there for. I like it. And by the way, I would suggest that don't try to capture someone's attention for the sake of engagement is good advice full stop, which is one yeah. reason why I'm fairly skeptical about social media. I'm not saying that it can't work for brand awareness for sure, but if there's brand awareness and then there's brand awareness plus action that eventually leads to a sale, which is the only reason that any of us can justify doing any of these things. So I really like that um, as a general piece of advice. And what I like about Pinterest that you've unveiled this, this secret is that it is basically a search engine. And for me, search engines are a much better place to start yeah. with a rational based knowing, beginning to see is there value in this? Because if somebody is searching for something and you have a solution to that thing, then there is a starting point for a reason that eventually they might buy your stuff. So for yeah, me, the logic is great. I, I like that a lot. You can use Pinterest in, in the similar ways to Google, where you can use the search bar and you can type in like very popular terms around your own product or your own brand. And Pinterest will give you other suggestions. So you can already see what kind of problems, uh, pains people are going through that because they don't have your product. So if you can align like the content you write to solve the problems that people are actually looking for and trying to overcome, then you're going to dramatically increase the chances of your content on Pinterest, like staying around for a long time, rather than just putting up an image for the sake of it. I like it a lot. Yeah. And this is why I've never got my head around the whole Instagram marketing way of doing things. I, and I do, by the way, know some people I've had a client in the mastermind for a while. He was killing it for, for his clients, just an agency, which is very unusual for the mastermind. So Instagram can work. Don't get me wrong, but it's just a different way of doing it. It's, it's more impulse led. It's a different world, isn't it? And one that's a bit alien to me. Whereas, as you just said, if on Pinterest, you can see what people are searching for, just like you can on Google and God forbid, you can see using the Amazon search suggest tool. Those are super powerful things because they're telling you what people actually are typing rather than what you think yes. they're typing. And, and that's super valuable, right? It's actual data yeah. from the people you're trying to sell to like yeah. it a lot. Now, the next mistake is all around the boards thing. Now I've created a billion Pinterest boards. Who hasn't? I'm probably fully into some horrible traps with this. What are we doing wrong here? So essentially what tends to happen is I think a lot of people, when they start a Pinterest account, <clears throat> forget sometimes that they're using it as a business owner and they don't, they, it's not front of mind that they use in Pinterest as a business owner. And what tends to happen is when they're on Pinterest and they see something, they want to keep that piece of, uh, content, that recipe, that whatever, the family photos or whatever. And what happens is they end up wanting to keep it on their own profile. So what happens is, yeah, let's say you start a business account for your e-commerce brand and you have all of the boards set up, everything up the line is really nice with the content, everything aligns really nice with the products. And then all of a sudden you see something else totally relevant to your brand 
and your product, even maybe even irrelevant to e-commerce in general, but you want to remember this pin. So people start creating random boards, something to do with recipes, something to do with food, something to do with holidays, like inspiration quotes. And all of a sudden you're like six to 12 months down the line and you have 200 boards on your Pinterest account and 10% of those are only relevant for your uh, product. So we don't know for sure because we can't test, but it's probably very likely that if you have a lot of irrelevant boards on your account, it's not going to help like this, the visibility and the searchability of your content. If you have all random stuff in there, it's better to have a hyper-focused account around your product and your brand, and then keep anything family, social, like recipes, food, keep that separate or even make it an entirely different account, but keep the business account as clean and as crisp as possible. Like it a lot. Clean and crisp. Those are fantastic words. Yeah. Hyper-focused is just generally a good thing as a general principle in business as well. Like these are lots of tweetables, I guess. By the way, Twitter is something I'm not comfortable with, but I get how it works. Like you don't sit on Twitter and try and write an essay. Although having said that, I've seen very engaging posts where somebody told an entire story that you'd normally have like 15, 20 paragraphs on on Facebook. Anyway, so... (laughs) I'm going down a rabbit hole here. So relevance is good. And as you say, this strikes me very much like the, the newbie error that people make with their accounts where you muddle up your personal accounting and you pay for your holiday in the same account that you paid for your subscription to Amazon and your Amazon PPC, which is a total disaster for your accountant to make sense of. And this is like a public version of the same thing. So that absolutely makes sense to me. As an example, we it, ha- it hasn't happened for a while, but some clients we worked with in 2020 and 2021, it wasn't uncommon to have an account come to us or, or a brand owner come to us and would have two, three, four hundred boards. And you're like, this is not going to work. <laughs> we need to like really tidy this up. So we end up stripping like back to 30, 40 boards max and just have it really focused on the product and, and the brand itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Less is more often, isn't it? If it uh, less yeah, is, is the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Now, third mistake, the hacking culture that we all have in our bones yeah. as I was a seller. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think it, you see it on social media platforms, ironically, it's like, and YouTube, it's X amount of hacks to beat the algorithm or like how to beat the algorithm in specific year or specific time frame. And we've never, like, we've used Pinterest since 2017 and then as an agency since 2019. And we've never taken the approach or mindset to leak any algorithm because you're never going to beat it. It's always there. It's there to be used and, and there to be played. So instead of trying to get one up on the algorithm on any platform, this is like universal in my opinion, but for Pinterest in, in specific, it's if that Pinterest wants things done in a certain way. So whether it's pinning a peak times, having a fundamental of SEO in place, like treat me like a search engine rather than a social media platform, like use that to your advantage rather than looking for hacks and shortcuts around the, the principles and the fundamental of the platform in the first place. So instead of like wanting to beat anything or overcome everything, anything, just play the game, just follow the, the steps that all of the successful brands on Pinterest have done in the past, which is just treat it like a social, uh, treat it like a search engine and use the SEO to your advantage and just pin at the right times and the peak times for your audience. Nice. Yeah. And I think that I can utterly understand why as a marketing ploy, it's great. Hack the system. It's a little bit like why I watch, you know, spy movies. We all want to beat the system and, and big brother, beat big brother and stuff. But the reality is 
That's incredibly hard to do, especially if people want to cheat the government systems. They're clunky and yet they still catch people and send them to jail for tax evasion. But like the online systems that are out there, especially Amazon or Google, come on, guys, you're up against the best in the world. You really think you're going to beat that. And Pinterest probably doesn't hire idiots off the street either. They've been around for long enough to develop a sophisticated system that will detect those silly behaviors that are there to get around it. It's just like, why bother? It's it's just, yeah. yeah, I'm so with you on this. I get so bored of the hack culture in the Amazon space where everyone's always looking to try and gain an edge on Amazon. I'm like, do you know how stupid that is? That's like trying to take on the American army with a unit of two soldiers. Like, it's going to be yeah. a losing battle, guys. Yeah, it's not go. going to, in my opinion, like, that. obviously, the same as all the, all the other platforms, all of the mediums, algorithms are in place and they do, they are there for a reason. And it, this is just my opinion of someone who's used Pinterest since 2017 and obviously now as an agency. I think the changes that have happened in the last couple of years have made the platform better. There's less spam on the site. So therefore, someone that's using Pinterest as a user has a better experience. So if you just look at it from that level, it's making the, the app a better place to be for someone that's actually looking for ideas and products. So that has to be a good thing, I think. Yeah, exactly. And to be fair, although Amazon in its dragnet drags an awful lot of us down in various ways, we it's unfair. They're yeah. trying to do the same thing. As you say, it's about the user experience. And Amazon is obsessed with the user experience. And anyone yeah. like Google is same. And I imagine if Pinterest is smart, they're doing the same. So yeah, yeah. if we provide the same user experience that the platform is wanting us to, to provide, yeah. then we're in alignment, aren't we? And then we don't have to fight. Uh, yeah, I think it's wasted energy. I couldn't agree more with that. Great. So next one, what was the uh, next um, yeah, so this is a, a common problem or a mistake that like across the board, but specifically, this seems to be a big issue with fashion brands and jewelry brands where I think it's probably because the images are very nice for fashion and jewelry they are very good photogenic images and very high quality. So what happens is people post those images and just leave it. So there's no text. There's nothing on it. There's no call to action. There's no price. So it's just a random image. And behind that image could be anything. Like if you have someone wearing five or six different pieces of clothing and a bag and some shoes and a hat, that image could be selling all of those products. It could be selling one of those products and it may not even be a product behind it. It could actually be an article behind it and it's going to not harm, but it's going to, it, it's not favorable to do that because you're confusing like the, the Pinterest algorithm, essentially, what is this image about? So because the recent changes on Pinterest now have the ability to read and scan text. So the algorithm and the AI technology can pick up text. Why not put text on the image to say, this is this pin, we don't have to say it in these ways, but just be very clear on what is this? Is it an article behind the image or is it a product listing behind the image? And if it's a product listing, say it's for sale, it's in stock, this is the price and just encourage people to actually click through to buy. And also pre-frame somebody ready for when they land on the site rather than by accident thinking, oh, this, this looks quite nice. I don't know yeah. exactly what's behind it. It's totally different. I love this. Again, this, there's just bigger marketing wisdom here because again, this comes down to fundamental misunderstanding of or vagueness about marketing, right? What's the purpose? Is it brand marketing? If you're Chanel, you do lots and lots of expensive brand marketing. I mean, it's not direct response. You're not expecting one to click or call. There's no coupons attached to Chanel magazine ads or think of other high-end brands, Mercedes-Benz, right? 
They're not expecting yeah. you to call the dealership. That's not the purpose. Whereas most of us are into direct response, i.e. you expect somebody to do somebody in response yeah. to that. And I think sometimes you can have pure branding uh, images, can't you? It may confuse the Pinterest algorithm, which is interesting. I didn't know about that. But if you've yeah. got a link somewhere, I guess you're hoping somebody's going to click on it, in which case, tell them why and, and what are they going to get. And, and that's exactly the same with Amazon listing images. Some of them are lifestyle images, creating a mood, a feeling, uh, a positioning the brand's expensive. That's brand work. And then yeah. some of them are buy our stuff because it does this thing for you, benefits. Yeah. And you can believe me because this feature backs that up. And it's a similar thing. It's, if you want a direct response to your advertising, tell us why we should click. Yeah. And, and it comes to the same thing, which I it's so interesting that a lot of Pinterest feels like what you're saying is generic marketing mistakes anyway, sticking yeah. personal stuff up there, no call to action. Yeah. Same stuff on Amazon, I think. In I just working. think it's, it, it, it's actually... You're adding value, in my opinion, by being clear about what is behind the image to somebody that's actually f found that image on Pinterest. If you can be clear in what is going to happen when they click through, that's helping that person take another step into hopefully buying that product or, or taking an action that you're looking for once they click through to the site instead of just being vague. And I, I understand, especially with fashion and jewelry, the images are amazing. Like you have very good images for fashion, men's and women's. And I guess there's an element of, I don't want to put text on it because this image is good, but yeah. the, the image needs <laughs> to be utilized yeah. in a specific way. I, I think you just need to be very clear. Are you creating art or are you advertising? And the difference is there's commercial intent on advertising, whereas art just needs to look beautiful. And I think. There's always a tension between creating something beautiful and then being so witty and clever and abstract that nobody knows what to do next. Yeah. And we've all seen those adverts, adverts on TV where you think they've just spent a million dollars per week on this and I still don't know what to do. That's actually not very smart. And there's yeah. quite a lot of those. And there, we also all remember the awful adverts that we actually hate, but they stick in your head and you remember the brand for decades. So I think that sadly, there's that commercialism has to be part of the thinking, doesn't it? So I know that people making other text errors are on their uh, pins. What, when people do use text, what are they? So this is basically the text does not match the image or the, of the pin on the video. And what seem, what tends to happen and what people seem to do is sometimes there's an incongruent message with the text and the, and the image on the pin to what's behind like the image itself at, on the site itself. <clears throat> And what tends to happen is if the text isn't aligned with the image and the content on the site itself, what happens is people will click through and leave very fast because they're seeing one thing, whether it's the image or the text telling them something, but then when they land on a piece of content or the product listing, if it's not exactly what's behind it in as very clear process as possible, people will leave quickly and the faster people leave, the less Pinterest are going to show that piece of content on that pin. So it's going to downgrade how freely they're going to show that image. But on the other hand, if the text aligns with the image and is very aligned with what's behind the image on the side and people click it and stay, that is going to do the opposite effect. They're going to show that image more freely. So it's just about being it's tied into the other point, which is just be as clear and concise as possible. There was, we, we actually tested quite a, a few things in 2020 and 2021. And what we tried to do, we took the image, the first image on a piece of content. So not, not so much for product listings, of, but for blog content. We tested tons of different things. And one of the things we found was 
the first image on the piece of content is the one that people recognize and remember the most once they click through. So what we'd look to do was we took that image and used that on the pin itself rather than other images. Because with Pinterest, you can make five, 10, 15 different images for the same piece of content. And what we found was the image, uh, the pin that had the first image of the blog tended to perform better. And it, it's probably because people recognize what they, maybe a subconscious, they saw one thing and then they clicked on the site and they saw the exact same thing. Um, again, we don't have actual data. It was just tests that we run ourselves, but yeah. there's definitely weight in having a very clear image and text that aligns with actually what's behind and active on the site itself. So interesting. I was looking at a Facebook ads training the other day and, and frankly, most of it wasn't very good. But the one thing that I took from it is that you, your color and if you use an image, the images that you have yeah. on the ad need to be consistent with that on the landing page. It's the same thing as I guess subconscious, maybe semi-consciously, we're all afraid of being scammed or, or ending yeah. up going on a phishing site where our data will be stolen or whatever, or just having our time wasted is more of a conscious fear quite rightly because of terrible advertising and what happens then is that if we look we're looking unconsciously for inconsistencies inconsistency creates trust it's weird isn't it how visual stuff like that is so powerful so that's it's fascinating that again it feels to me a lot of what you're saying whilst it's obviously testing a very specific to pinterest don't get me wrong you, you guys have done your homework but it's showing up general principles of marketing which is very interesting yeah. we okay. also saw we also saw it with some of the paid ads uh, quite recently, like towards the end of last year and right now. Sometimes the colors on the images of the creatives, if they aren't, like they will always be closely related to the branding of uh, an individual client. But sometimes product listing or a piece of content won't always have the same branding, all of the branding colors on the piece of content. So sometimes there's an image that doesn't always represent the, the colors that are on the site. And what happens is, they don't convert that well, but if we have a creative that has the same branding as in the very specific colors on their creative and the site, the, the time on site seems to go up and the conversion seems to be marginally better. Yeah. It just is be as very consistent as and, and clear as possible on a conscious and unconscious level. Hey folks, thank you so much for listening to Craig Lewis of Pin and Grow. I thought that was a really clear and precise set of, of uh, strategies and tactics and um, Pinterest is certainly something that I know a couple of people personally who've had millions and millions of visits to their website from um, in the e-commerce space so it can be super powerful if you want to get a free audit from Craig Lewis if you just go to pinandgrow.com and put in the name of this podcast amazing FBA you will get a free audit of your Pinterest account from Craig and or his team really really valuable if you have any kind of interest in pinterest so to speak then please go ahead and do that the second thing is that craig is setting up a free training facebook group and the aim is to give away as much as possible uh, for pinterest training what others are charging for um because craig and his team make money when you work with them as an agency they're not primarily trying to monetize training so that's all going to be very good value just look up craig lewis on on facebook that's the best place to to look for that uh, final thing to say is thank you so much for listening to the podcast super appreciative of your efforts listening to these things they can be quite a lot of intellectual work to listen to but i hope that it's really really serving you and your business. If you find the podcast helpful, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or indeed your favorite podcast player of choice. And 
uh, last and by no means least, if you could give us a rating out of five stars on Spotify or Apple, that would be incredibly helpful and a great way to show your love and appreciation for all the work we put in bringing you this content to make you the best Amazon seller you can be. Thank you so much for listening and look forward to you speaking to you in the next show.